Thank you um, for coming to C3 Church, Coffs Harbour today. Uh, as mentioned, my name is David Hooper, my wife Lil here and some family scattered around here now, but we're originally from New Zealand, well my wife and I were, and then we lived for 33 years in Port Hedland, northwestern Australia, right up on the top coast. So long way away, uh, and we pastored there for 20 years after we'd spent the first 15, 13 so years there. Now, we have the privilege of being in this church. Pastor Justin and Anna have uh, welcomed us in, and we feel like we're, we love supporting them. They're a fantastic couple, and they're up at uh, C3 Corumban preaching today. So uh, here we are. And uh, I have a bit of a painting here to do as we go through. And, um, and it's interesting because the verse, one of the verses that was read out this morning about the the shepherd and the 99 and the one, that's in my message right there. So uh, one would think that um, there's somebody else outside of ourselves that's coordinating stuff because we didn't agree uh, and talk down and discuss this. Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father, he knows what's going on. So there's something here for you today, no matter who you are, where you've come from, what your beliefs are, where you are in your journey, there's something here from God for you today. The title of my message is um, My Sheep Hear My Voice. My Sheep Hear My Voice. My challenge is, as a Christian, is do I actually hear God's voice? Do I really hear his voice? Do I get it right all the time? No, I don't. Do I hear it at all? Well, that makes me wonder if I hear it sometimes. I think I'm right, I think I'm wrong, whatever. What does it mean to hear God's voice, to hear Jesus' voice? Um, so I've got a, a selection of little stories and, and Bible bits, and I'm going to start painting, getting something on here, and uh, we'll end up with a bit of a, a, a colour. This is going to be very interesting, actually, because this has been previously painted on, and I didn't know it was going to do that. Isn't that lovely patterns? I would use them sometimes. See how it's not attaching itself to the canvas? <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> so, let's throw some white in there and see if we can make the paint thicker and get some grey on. So, growing up in New Zealand, of course, see, thicker paint ad ad adheres more than thin paint. Growing up in New Zealand, of course, uh, there's lots of sheep around. Um, I remember going to the, the school and reading the Guinness Book of Records because if you were told that you had to read something, then we liked reading the Guinness Book of Records because it was lots of short, little interesting things. You didn't have to sit there and read some big, long book, which I also liked as, as a reader. But one of the things I, I read was that um, Australia has 20 sheep per person. This is going back a few years. 20 sheep per person. So if at the time there was about 20 million Australians. There were 60 million sheep. But why I liked it was because uh, New Zealand also had 60 million sheep, but had only 3 million people. So we had, instead of 20 sheep per person, we had 60 sheep per person. I was excuse if that maths is wrong, just, just ignore the... But the, the detail was Australia beat New Zealand, right? That's the point. Now, um, except we only came second in the world for sheep per 
people per population. Uh, Argentina was something like 120. They had uh, a lower population, a lot more sheep. So um, the Falkland Islands, I believe it was. But growing up with sheep, they were all around us, and, and we, um, we even had a pet lamb at one point. And, and the beautiful thing about you know, a little animal, it, it's very affectionate, it loves you, it follows you around. Um, and, and we just loved this little lamb that we were, being, we were caring for. And uh, until one day, Dad was backing out the driveway and... Um, and we had to bury our little lamb. Um, and it wasn't funny. That's my daughter laughing, by the way. Um, no, life is full of uh, ups and downs, and that was a down. And we were very, we were crying and upset about that. But um, really, sheep are strange animals. Sometimes they're, they're smart, sometimes they're stupid. They seem to be. You just... They don't have a lot going for them, do they, sheep? You know, the Bible calls us sheep, right? <laughs> we don't have a lot going for us, really, um, when you compare what the actual sheep do. Because uh, I, I remember working in a wool shed and um, trying to uh, move these sheep around. And they've only got very solid heads. That's it's about... If, most of them are females, so they're moving around the female ewes for shearing and stuff like that. The rams with the horns or whatever, they're not really around in this mob that we were working with. I was, my job was to move the sheep into the pens, and then once the shearers had done their job, which was a very you know, skillful job, then I was to take the wool and press it down into these bales, and you have to get your feet onto them and push all the wool down. But the problem with the sheep is that their heads... These very, very hard heads with solid animals behind them are right here. And they can inflict an awful amount of pain to a guy whose only protection is steel cap boots. And um, I have to say, this uh, is not really funny because I've never told anybody... I don't think I've told anybody this story before because actually it's really shameful to me. When I think about it, I cringe at myself. The, the pain I inflicted back on this poor sheep because it hurt me more than once in a very short space of time. And, um, and, and then I thought, what am I doing? I actually love animals. I like caring for animals and I, and I was hurting the sheep. I, I am not a good shepherd. I'm not. And how about you? Have, you? have you got something in your life that you've done that, that caused pain and hurt uh, somebody, even an animal? And, and, um, and yet Jesus comes along <clears throat> and he goes, I am the good shepherd. I am not a good shepherd, me personally, but Jesus says this. Tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going in through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the one. The gate, by the way, goes into the sheepfold, which was a circle of stones, to keep the sheep safe. 
And Jesus says, I'm the only way that we're going to keep these sheep safe. And then a little bit further down the line it says, my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice. And, and they follow me. There's a, there's a story where the, uh, a busload of tourists recently, in the last few decades, was going through Israel and, uh, and they said that, um, you know, if we still have shepherds and, and sheep operating much the same way as they used to many years ago. And, uh, and the, the shepherds would actually call the sheep and the sheep would follow the shepherd and the shepherd would walk along and the sheep would follow. Uh, that's not the way it works in New Zealand. We have sheep dogs to drive the sheep along motorbikes, helicopters, whatever you want to do to operate, usually sheepdogs, and you have up to 14 different whistles to send the sheepdogs around. Fantastic sport to watch. I used to love watching this. But not in Israel. They still follow the sheep. And so they're driving along, and, and the tourist looks out and he goes, well, pff, <laughs> he's not telling the truth. Look, there's a guy chasing a flock of sheep, chasing them along the road. And he says, sir, what, I thought you said they followed. What? Oh, no, that's not the shepherd. Well, who's that? That's the butcher. <laughs> if Jesus is speaking, are you following? So, no, I'm not a good shepherd, and we all have a bit of shame. We can't live in this world without shame and sin. So, what I want to read to you or talk about today is... Jesus, I am the good shepherd. Uh, but I want to ask a question. If Jesus is the good shepherd, why do we call him the lamb? See, in Revelation, we have John speaking about, I was in, I was in, in the Lord's on the Lord's Day, I was in, in heaven, I had a vision, and, and I saw one like a lamb that was slain. Jesus is the lamb that was slain. He goes on, he talks about, talks about Jesus as the lamb that was slain. All through Revelation, there's Jesus, the lamb that was slain. And, and I thought, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, no, why, why is Jesus both the shepherd and the lamb that was slain? It, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I thought, where does it come from? And I, and I remember, well, hang on a moment. I remember that back in uh, the early days of Jesus' ministry, he was walking along and John the Baptist said to Jesus, sorry, he said to his disciples, look, there goes the lamb of the world who lays down his life for your sins. Now, John the Baptist 
if you know anything about John the Baptist, he was the one who was told that he was going to prepare the way of the Lord. And, and it just occurs to me as I was reading this and looking at this that he, he did that. He was the one who pointed out to those following his own disciples, look, there goes Jesus, well, there goes the Lamb of the world who will take away the sin. So that's all well and good. Okay, so that's where John, John the disciple got it from because uh, John the Baptist sent his disciples, the first two disciples were sent by John to Jesus, to the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Well, where did John get it from? John the Baptist. Oh, okay, you look it up and it's in Isaiah. And Isaiah says uh, um, he laid down his life he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was like a sheep that is silent when its wool is cut off. He didn't open his mouth. Another version says this, says it this way. Uh, like a sheep to the slaughter, he was dumb. Dumb means did not speak, did not talk. That's what these sheep that I was moving around, they, they didn't do anything. And when you grab them and flip them upside down onto the shearing floor, and they're being clippered and they just, they're just silent. I don't do anything. Even when these clippers that are about that wide, these big blades, and they go across and they take off a, a strip of skin, and they grab some tar or ointment or whatever, and the Vaseline and whack it on the, the strip of skin, and the poor old sheep goes out with these little bloody patches on it as the skin's been taken off. The sheep doesn't make a, make a, a sound. And I think uh, there's another word for dumb, isn't there? We, we, we call it stupid. Um, it's not not nice to go call people dumb or stupid but um, I'll own it we're, we're sheep I'm, she I'm a sheep right and, and I don't do smart stuff all the time uh, and sometimes I don't speak up when I should and vice versa speak up when I shouldn't and, um, and it reminded me of another story out on a farm that I used to go and visit and that is uh, We'd had a lovely roast lamb dinner on a sheep farm. They would slaughter a sheep every week and hang it in the, in the cool store and that would do you for the week and go off to feed some friends as well. And um, better carry on painting, otherwise you won't have a picture. So uh, we'd had this lovely roast lamb dinner. It had got to be about... Uh, oh, Nine o'clock at night, and we'd been sitting down in front of it's, it's middle of winter. It's August, middle August the twelfth, somewhere around there, and uh, and outside was whooping up a storm. We're on the top of this hill, and man, it was coming. The ocean is way away, but it was whistling. It was freezing cold. It was whistling. The rain starts hammering on the old farmhouse windows, and uh, and I'll tell you what, I was so happy that I was inside, and um. And, and around nine o'clock, just as we've finished watching our, our movie and we're ready to wander off to bed, uh, Lou, Lou Graham, he's in his 60s and he's the farmer, he owns the place, he gets up, starts putting on his raincoat. It's pitch black outside. There's no moon, no light. It's a storm and he's going out. And I said, uh, Lou, why are you... Why are you going out to check your stock now? Didn't you just check it at light when it's 
Uh, well, it's the, it's the winter, midwinter storm. He said, the lambs will start to be born tonight. A drop in pressure, and this is the signal of lambing season. Happens every year, the first midwinter storm, that's when the lambs drop. And he said, I have to go out and help the sheep because they're stupid. They will park themselves in a watery hollow and the lamb will come out and drown or they'll have their bum hanging over the side of a stream and the lamb will go shooting down the stream and be gone. He said, I have to go and spin them around, move them out, move them up, try and get them in a place of protection and I'll be back tomorrow for breakfast. See, now he's a good shepherd. (laughs) But this is... This is what sheep do. So while he's a good shepherd of lambs and sheep, he's not the good shepherd of the world, is he? Jesus is the only one who can claim that. And Jesus says this. He told this story, and this is, this is the story that I, uh, I wanted to read out, and it was already start, uh, alluded to already this morning, and, and, and this is it. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go and search out the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than the 99 that didn't wander away. And in the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Jesus is talking about children, yes, Adults, yes. People, yes. Jesus looked upon the the people in Jerusalem, the people in Israel with compassion. It is not my Father's will that even one should perish. And so you've got this image of Jesus giving up everything, the good shepherd giving up everything to go out to find One lost sheep that has wandered off, maybe in the middle of the night, who knows when, just as the evening's coming down. And and, and what Jesus is pointing out to everybody listening is that, that's me. I'm the good shepherd. And what, what does that mean? Well, it means the shepherd goes, and Jesus tells the story, the shepherd goes out in order to rescue the one. So let's just say we've got 100 people here. And let's just say also that 99 of you are safe. But let's just say there's one person here today who is one who has wandered off. And if that's you listening to this story, the point of this story is, whoever you are, is that Jesus is the good shepherd and he puts everything aside. It goes out in the storm no matter what. To get you. He wants you to be safe. So much so that he he goes, you guys are all good. You're safe. Leave you in the safety of your enclosure. We've got a nice enclosure here. But what does this mean for us? If, If the good shepherd can then go... Okay. If the good shepherd can then go as a shepherd and go and collect a lamb 
What does that mean for us? Sorry, sorry, let me repeat that. If the good shepherd becomes a lamb that was slain, what does that mean for us? See, Jesus is both the shepherd and the lamb. He was and always was the good shepherd. But he became the sacrificial lamb because we, like sheep, have gone astray and we have no way of making ourselves right with God. So Jesus became the sacrificial lamb in our place and was killed so that we could go to be with him in heaven. So what does that mean for us then? Jesus is both the shepherd and the lamb. What's our calling? Uh, what's our church slogan? What's our logo that we have on the wall? Just, just a clue before you answer the question. Uh, well, we've got to be like Jesus. We've got to be with Jesus and we've got to be like Jesus. So if Jesus is both the shepherd and the lamb, how do we do that? Well, we are the lambs originally. We're the sheep originally. Doesn't it stand to reason that now we're to be like Jesus and be like the shepherd? Uh, we call, we've been called pastors. Pastors comes from the word pasture, comes from the word to pastor, pastorer. We're shepherds, we're, we're not, but we're not the good shepherd, are we? We're under shepherds and, and we've all got stories of shepherds that under shepherds of, of Jesus Christ that probably were not acting the way they should have been. And um, So here's the thing. We also have a job to do. We're to be the ones that are sheep and shepherds, under shepherds. And it's not just the pastors. It's not just the pastors. It's actually everybody. We are all called to follow Jesus. And, and this is what it means to hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now, to follow Jesus, what, what we want to be able to do is to seek and save the one sheep. That, that's your goal. If you want to be with Jesus, yes, you're the 99. If you want to be like Jesus, then you're the one going out to seek and save that one that's wandered off. Who in your world 
has wandered off and is not with. Well, this is the way it is. Originally, at the beginning of the world, everybody was in the family of God. Sin entered in. Everybody is now born into sin and therefore in a state of having wandered off. You didn't ever, once you were with God and now you've wandered off from God, we're just, unfortunately, we're born into it. We're in a broken world. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is, can I call you 99? The answer is 99. That you've got to be praying for, looking for, seeking the one. Are you doing it? Who is your primary prayer target? Who, Who are you praying for? Who are you seeking to save? Who are you seeking to bring into the kingdom of God? Because I'll tell you something. If you want to know whether you're hearing God's voice, um, pray for what he wants prayed for. Pray for people who need to know him. Uh, I remember discovering this principle when I led a prayer group in our church where we were, I said, look, we did a thing called three by three. You want to write down three people that you're praying for, three people that you're investing into and you're inviting you're with the goal to invite along. So the, the, the two words are invest and invite. Well, who do I invest into? Somebody you like, somebody you enjoy their company, somebody that you want to hang out with because we're all different. Somebody who's in a similar economic or financial level to you that might work or sports or uh, family style life season of life whatever it is doesn't matter if you've got an if you've got an attraction or a connection with somebody that's your one person invest and invite because okay so you might think that you will be ineffective well you know what I I disagree with that. What what do people like? What do they want? What do they want in this world? Uh, well, they want love. They want to be loved. Stand back and see if that's looking any good. I was getting there. It's a little bit a little bit bright, isn't it? So what tape is for. There's a little bit of excitement for you. All right, that'll do. All right, so um, once I've finished these paintings, I, I look at them, I think, oh, gee, they, you know, I should have done a bit of this and a bit of that and touch it up. And Anyway. It's, it's getting there. Okay. So, invest and invite. How do you do it? Very simply, connect in with somebody. Spend time with them, feed them whatever you want. Enjoy their company.
And how effective will you be? Well, let me tell you. When God's voice, when you are obeying Jesus' voice, there is a passion and a fire that is inside you that people find attractive. It, the Holy Spirit, when we did this prayer system, this prayer idea, the Holy Spirit was so powerfully in the room when our prayer team were praying for people, it was like he said to me, finally, you're praying for the 199th of all the things you can pray for. Finally, you're praying for exactly what I want you to pray for, and here you go. And you know, out of that, our church flourished because people gained a passion for souls. Gained a passion for their friends. They, they, they put aside the comfort of a roast lamb dinner and a, and, a, and a lovely fire and a warm bed to go out into the storm. On the win worst wintry night, it, it can be uncomfortable. It can also be a whole lot of fun. I've had to learn this coming from having our own church. I didn't really have to go out and invite individuals in. I, I, would, I would gather them into us and as friendships and do pizza nights and all this sort of stuff, and then people would come along. But all these other folk in the church would bring their friends along, and I'd preach, and I'd see people saved. It was wonderful. I saw people being saved all the time. Coming over here, all of a sudden I've had to sit down and go like, uh, now what? And, and all of a sudden I've had to realise, you know what? I need to listen to my own preaching and have one or two or three people that I want to see saved and start investing in them and bringing them along. And that, that's what you do. It's simple as that. Invest and invite. We called it three by three because we had three people and we had three words. Invest, invite. You can make up the other eye. There's whatever you like. Uh, because I had them, but I discovered that I could never remember the third one. So I thought if I can't remember the third one and I'm preaching it, then probably you can't either. So just go for invest and invite. And if you want to call it three by two, then do that. Now, if you have a passion... People will follow. There, this uh, same farm, the daughter told me she had a, a lamb called Tina. Now, Tina was one of these ones where the mother actually got into trouble and died, and that happens, and passed away. And so uh, a little baby lamb came back and, um, and, and started to live with them, and, and the daughter fed this lamb, raised her up, and her name was Tina. And she grew from a little tiny lamb to a great big sheep. And then Dad said, Lou said, time for Tina to go back into the flock. Put Tina back into the flock. Tina used to drive him crazy because what Tina would do is that he would go walking to check his sheep and check the gates and get the dogs to chase them through into the next paddock. And Tina would spot him back in the original paddock and come tearing, break away from the group and come tearing up the hill. And of course, you know what sheep do? They follow, right? And, and so the whole group, the mob that were halfway through into the new paddock where they're supposed to get their new, all turn around, come belting back up the paddock to stand around Lou because here's Tina. Hello, here I am, yay. Glad to see you. And here, ah. 
get back in the dogs, get the sheep all the way back down, almost through. What does Tina do? All the sheep go, yeah, follow. Passion. People follow someone with passion or someone who thinks they know a way better than you. Unfortunately, that's not always correct, but we know the good shepherd is the correct way. And if you've got a passion for Jesus and you know the direction you're going, people will follow you. They'll follow you to church. They'll follow you to your family. They'll follow you to your friendship. They'll follow you just to find out, what are they doing? What's different with them? Unfortunately, one day, uh, the daughter went out to find Tina and couldn't find her. She wasn't there. wasn't there the next day. After a few days, she said, Dad, I can't find Tina. Oh, well, yeah. We had her for dinner two weeks ago. <laughs> True story. Life on the farm. What's the point of that? Nothing, it's just a funny story. <laughs> if you are here and you're one of the 99, then the message to you is seek the, the one sheep. If you are here and you're the one sheep and you know you are and you are ready to make a decision, I ask you all to stand with me because I want to pray with you. We're all going to pray together. And what, what, what I'll do is I'll pray some words and, and I'll ask you to repeat them after me. Now, it's basically just saying, I've, I'm giving up trying to run my own life, Jesus. I want to give my whole life into your hands, please. Give me your life in return. I give you my life. Basically, that's it. I'm not going to say, okay, if you pray that prayer, put your hand up. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say, okay, I want you to identify you, come down the front. Nothing like that. I want you to make this prayer on your own. But I would like you to tell somebody. You could come and tell me because I'd be pretty happy about that. Or you can tell your friend that you came with or whoever else. But whatever the case, there's more to go on with as we live this life with the 99. You become part of the 99. You also have an injunction upon your life to do exactly for others what has happened to you. So let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving me. Thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being the good shepherd. For becoming the lamb for me. For dying in my place. I take your eternal life and I give you my life in return. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that, you are now saved. If you prayed it for the first time, you're now 